It's the 120 Podcast. Mikey Vernelli, Benjamin Hootie, and the Cubs on an international flight coming from Canada as we speak here on a Sunday night. Coming home from the road trip with three wins, three losses against the New York Mets and the Toronto Blue Jays in total. And Ben, we have an easy schedule coming up, but I'm not going to you know, panic, but not what we thought would happen on this road trip. Yeah, a little bit of a disappointing series loss to the Mets, obviously. Um, not what you wanted out of a team that was struggling very much so. But bouncing back in a big way, taking two out of three against Toronto. Not the performance you wanted on a Sunday out of them, but it's the Sunday Cubs. What else do you expect? They lose basically every Sunday now. But, um, yeah, uh, fair, as you mentioned, fairly weak schedule coming up. Uh, we've been talking about it on this podcast for weeks about this schedule, and I'm – if we if we're at the same point next week where we're talking about another 500 week, then I think we could be a little disappointed. But a great bounce back series against the Blue Jays, and I'm excited to see what come what's to come this upcoming week. Well, JD said it today on the call on TV that by the time we look at the Brewers again in about two weeks, we'll have faced off against the White Sox and a slew of easy American League teams. Um, I'm going to pull up the schedule here now. I can't pull it off just the top of my head, but. Um, just a slew of American League teams that are that are pretty easy. And if by the time we play the Brewers again, we are not in a position that we could be ahead of them in the standings, I'll be a little bit disappointed. We're looking at the White Sox, Royals, Tigers, and then Pittsburgh before we face the Brewers again at home. Uh, a little bit of a split of home and away. But yeah, there's no reason why, despite the Brewers taking all of the games against the White Sox this weekend, there's no reason why the Cubs cannot at least stay competitive and stay within a game of those Brewers because that series should be the one where, if not already, the Cubs take over. Yeah, for sure. Three and a half out now after the White Sox got swept by the Brewers. But um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a exciting. What is it? Twelve game stretch of baseball because yeah, you want to pull closer to the Brewers when you get to that series because if you could be within two games, you take two out of three, and you're right there. You're right there mm-hmm. with them. Cincinnati continues to uh, slip a little bit here. Um, they lost earlier today, and they actually played a doubleheader, and they're losing 5-4 to four right now to the Pirates. So if the Pirates yeah. can help us out, that'd be awesome. But, yeah, as we're recording now and going into the off day, this will come out on Tuesday. Half game out of that wild card spot, three and a half games out of first place, still the second place Cubbies. So compared to where we were at a month ago, this is I'd much rather have this situation than – potentially selling but yeah a lot lot of great baseball to come and it's Cubs keep playing the way they do I think we'll be very excited these next two weeks let's go around the horn in this episode we're gonna have some quick talk but after that we will have one of our favorite friends on the pod Liam Lyons who will join to talk about the Chicago White Sox being the White Sox expert he is and of course one of our fellow broadcasters at the Pulse of Redbird Nation WZND And then before then, we will talk about some general Cubs talk, as always. But first, we want to take a couple minutes here and introduce some really exciting news. As Ben said, a lot of exciting baseball to come for the Chicago Cubs. And if you're a fan of 120 and myself and Ben, for whatever reason, you are going to want to hear this because we are going to all of a sudden have some extra headsets on moments every week in the last couple months of the season and potentially October here as we enter the Pro Sports Fans Network through PSF. Super exciting stuff. Um, obviously, I want to thank pro sports fans for giving us this opportunity. Sean Salisbury, uh, former NFL quarterback, he's leading the way with this app. And essentially, it's basically – the app is a sports fan's dream. Uh, you get to talk with your fellow sports fans. You get to watch you know, fellow media guys like myself and Mikey – be able to live stream games and live stream discussions and you could join anything you want to if you if if you're a if you're listening to this podcast and you're not a Cubs fan you're a Mets fan you're a Yankees fan you're a White Sox fan they have it for you we're not just talking Cubs on this this app and it's super exciting stuff for myself and Mikey that we obviously were able to get this opportunity and yeah there's a lot of great stuff to come and I think you can more go over and highlight what we'll be doing directly as part of the Cubs, but super exciting stuff. And yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. 
So the team at PSF has recruited Ben and I to their Cubs team. Don't be confused by my Padres shirt. I don't know why I wore this. It's a comfy shirt. But I have my Cubs hat on. And as you can see, we've been recruited to the Cubs team for PSF. As Ben said, there's going to be networks on this app for all kinds of teams. They've had an Astros team for years or for at least a year now and to find success. Based in Houston, now they're expanding to the White Sox, the Mets, the Phillies, the Yankees, the Dodgers. I'm forgetting of one or two there, but just a ton of big networks, including the Cubs. And basically what they're going to have me and Ben do is take 120 to a different level through their app. But that does not mean the end of 120, as you know it, on Spotify and Apple Pods and anywhere you can find it. Uh, we will still be recording our normal episodes, but we'll additionally be having occasional live streams through the Pro Sports Fans app during Cubs games where you can join in live. You can talk to me and Ben directly. You can submit questions. Think like a Twitch stream or a radio show amid a Cubs game, which will be really cool. Not this week as we move back into college, but starting next week, we'll start having some games where Ben and I will be, as I said, live streaming amid a Cubs game and answering questions, doing polls. In-app, there's a really cool live game cast. Think like the ESPN app. Um, and that is going to be kind of the gist of it. They recruited us to come into this. And again, it does not mean the end of 120 as you know it more than anything it's an exciting new opportunity to grow our audience and allow those of you who are listeners to watch cubs games with us through this awesome new app yeah our full reactions you you see our reactions at the end of the week might be a little bit different than our reactions it'll be more candid yes it'll be more raw reactions obviously exciting disappointed whatever it might be me getting mad at david ross as you guys know i do on this (laughs) podcast just kidding love you rossi but yeah, it's super exciting. I, I'm so so thankful for this opportunity and me too that they were able to find us and think that we have great enough reach to hopefully take their app to new levels. And you know, we mentioned baseball only, but if you're a fan of all sports, they have mm-hmm. the the direct network networks for all the different. I know they are rolling out a full 32 team coverage of NFL. So. If you don't want to listen to us more than you just listen to us on this podcast, you can find a Bears network that they got probably great media guys covering yeah. the Bears and go listen to them. Go listen to the Eagles, Patriots, whatever it might be. It's an exciting app, yeah. so make sure you go download it. Pro Sports Fans on the App Store. I'm going to link it to uh, the description of this video probably now until forever. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll become a partnership we have with PSF. Uh, plenty of our episodes are going to be uh, streamed there. We're going to have some pre-recorded stuff via the PSF app. We're going to also still be doing our weekly pods, normally recorded on Sunday nights and out usually by Monday. Um, so that's more of our pre-recorded. We do interviews here. We do our general conversation. And then more on the PSF side, like Ben said, live streams, Cubs um, talk and statistics and polls and exciting stuff that gives fans an opportunity to maybe connect with us and and talk to Ben and myself about everything that makes them excited about the Chicago Cubs. Cause this is an exciting team, obviously. And for the last month here, we'll, you'll have a chance to, to watch some games with us and potentially in the years going forward, as we believe this PSF thing could really take off and can see us doing this all season long next year. I believe we'll have all of September and the last couple of weeks here of August to start our live streams and potentially a, a chance to continue it into October. And hopefully that's the case. And we'll actually have a tab under the Cubs page um, under 120, just 120, not as you know it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, 120 Chicago Cubs Podcast. It'll be very easy to reach to once you get to the uh, PSF app. We'll have a cool little graphic there for ourselves, too. Yep. Uh, I know the graphic design guys are working on that right now. for our little network, I guess you could say. I don't know. What do you, you have, do you know that. your um your PSF user off the top of your head? I'm gonna drop mine too. So if anyone wants to give me a follow, so they can see yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. Definitely give us follows. Let me pull it up now. Mine is at M four Nelly. So M and then the number four N E L L I. So M four Nelly. If anyone is interested in following me, so you can see when Ben and I go live on Pro Sports Fans. Yeah, uh, mine is B H U D Y B Hootie. But yeah, it's kind of a, an awesome mix of everything from X, Twitter. We like to call it X on this podcast. I'm going to stick with Twitter. Uh, yeah. Twitter, Twitter spaces, as Mikey mentioned, uh, obviously Twitch or an Instagram live and even a little bit of Reddit in there with the, the group mm-hmm. community discussion. So 
as I said, go follow us on PSF. Go get the app so you can see even more of us and hear more of our voices and see uh, our faces, our beautiful faces. I'm pretty sure yeah, if well. you if you're a 120 fan, I'm pretty sure we can invite people to our live streams as well. So we could we could we can send that out via our Twitters, and also this gives a chance. Though as the the 120 network is growing so big, everybody, so this is awesome. In the last couple of weeks, yeah. we've really tried to take things off. Ben has done an awesome job recently. I've been more on the audio editing side for our episodes, but Ben has done a really good job of of making the visual face of our podcast. He has been running an Instagram and TikTok where he posts clips from the episodes with, as he said put terribly our beautiful faces that's not the case but he will uh he posts tiktoks and instagrams of our uh takes he had one just last week about Jan gomes and you got to see him and his closet and uh, <laughs> if you if they show new me on backdrop, a clip, new yeah. backdrop coming next week it won't be much better i mean if i if i pan down here you'll just see all my dirty clothes and stuff so uh, i do have a cubs poster back there but yeah like you said i gotta start considering what my backdrop is especially as we move back into school but ben has done an awesome job of promoting our visual side because we have seen a lot of of new growth through uh instagram and tiktok people will want to subscribe through that so a lot of big things happening psf twitter Instagram, TikTok. You can find us on four different platforms right now and growing. And uh, in addition to Spotify, Apple Pods, and everything else. Yeah, and social media, every single social media, 120 pod spelled out, not like the one dot dot 20, uh, 120 pod. So definitely go follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I've seen a lot of friends and family follow us more on the Instagram side, which is awesome to see. But uh, hopefully... yeah. TikTok algorithms and Twitter or TikTok algorithms and Instagram. What are they called? Instagram reels. Instagram hopefully reels. Those, yeah. Hopefully those algorithms can reach uh, some, some great places and take us to new heights. Chicago Cubs podcasting is truly on the air with Ben and I, we've been doing this for a couple months and we've had some success. We're really thankful for our friends and family who have helped us take this off. And now we're trying to take it to the next level, a couple different ways at once. As we end this season, we're going to continue doing it through the off season as we've hinted at, we might even have a Bears episode or two, albeit that's ne- definitely not in our wheelhouse as much as as the Cubs are. So, um, But before we get into the Liam Lyons interview, let's talk a little bit more about this Chicago Cubs team. I feel like because we record on Sundays, this happens a lot. Like We we should almost record on Saturday nights, but then it wouldn't I be know. the end of the series. Because yeah. on Saturday nights, if we recorded, we'd be riding so high, and we have before, and that's why those episodes are riding so high. But then it's like, like you said, the Sunday Cubs. You you win the first two, and then you always find a way to lose on the game that everyone sits down in front of their couch with no responsibilities and watches. And that's kind of what happened today. I I won't lie. I turned I turned off the game early. I had things to do on a Sunday. It was like eight to two. By the time it was over, it was eleven to, or four, whatever it was. So I just I, I was okay not catching all of it today. And I honestly think a lot of Cubs fans could say the same because it's not time to panic. You win some, you lose some. Sometimes it rains. Yeah, but I mean, still. A great series, and I think we have a lot. There's a lot to be positive about. Uh, whether that's you know Justin Steele continuing to dominate and really, really like he's he's really making himself a case. I, I think it's kind of been on the edge now, but he's he's really starting to make him, himself put himself as a potential NL Cy Young front runner. Uh, Cody Bellinger just continues to dominate. Uh, Dansby Swanson. Just keeps hitting dingers. The D stands for dingers for Dansby. Bullpen continues to be just like we expected it to be, and honestly, even better than that. A lot of positives to take away from this Blue Jay series. Obviously, Christopher Morrell's clutch hit in the ninth yesterday to take the win over the Blue Jays. So uh, I'm excited for where this team can go in the next two weeks with this easy schedule coming up but there's still some things that need to be fixed as well. As much as I am, I feel like we've talked about this so many times at this point and it's a broken record, but love and respect what wisdom did for those non-competing Cubs teams. But it's, it's truly time for him to step back in a role where he kind of just needs to ride the bench and come in maybe for a pinch of that bat. And he's really there if an injury happens because he could play first base and third base, but, you got to start having consistently consistency in the lineup, and there's also guys that need to play every day, like Mike Talkman. I'm sorry, yeah. but 
Mike Talkman, I don't care if he's a left-handed hitter. Even if you're facing a lefty, Mike Talkman should still be your leadoff guy every single day for the rest of the season. He's proven it at this point. He is your center fielder. And if he's not playing center field, then screw it. He plays right and say it has to slide on the bench. Like, that's just that's just how it has to be at this point. If you want to win meaningful ball games going all the way into September, you have to stick with the, the lineup that works. And what is the lineup the, that works? The one that you are putting out your best nine. Well, it's tricky. Yeah, it's, well, <laughs> it's tricky, though, because uh, you're completely right. But that, that best nine for a week there in that red series and stuff did not include Seiya Suzuki. But I still think at day's end, his bat is more valuable than a few other options. I, I, I'm not going to name drop Patrick Wisdom in that situation. Both you can give or take either of them in that situation, but it's I think Seiya still contributes. We talked extensively last week about Seiya Suzuki's expectations versus reality, but does that okay? Does that designate that Seiya Suzuki then becomes almost that Patrick Wisdom role too? He only starts if X, Y, or Z has an off day. No, I'm not even saying that Wisdom at this point. Wisdom should just. And I don't mean to be rude to him, but wisdom should just be terminated to the bench. I That's think fine. there's, I think there's two guys that can be flip flop guys based on where Cody Ballinger is playing. Because obviously he could play first and center, but he would like to play more center field than first base. I think that's obvious. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, it seems it totally seems like it in recent weeks. But I think there's two guys on that bench that should flip flop as options based on what the lineup is, and that's Nick Madrigal who could bat in your nine hole and uh, say Suzuki. I'm not saying that they should play they like they should play almost every day, but we should be riding out that one through nine that worked the, the on that win streak and that, that consistency in post red series where it was Talkman, Nico, Happer, Belly, Dansby, Jan, Jamir. Who am I missing? I just screwed Dude, I it up. You, I thought you had it. I wasn't counting. I my thought head. I pulled it out. I thought, I thought you I had it. it. Did you say Madrigal? I'm, no, not Mads. Because Madrigal did play in that one in the one Reds game, but I don't think you played in the second one. Jamier. Screwed it up completely. Nico. You had it. You Christopher, had it. Christopher. Christopher. Yes. Morale. And yeah, I think that's it. That's, yeah, that's that, it. There it is. Yeah. There's your one through nine. Those are the guys that need to play every day, and you can flip flop with the DH, right field, center field, mm-hmm. first base, third base, whatever it might be. That, that's got to be your one through nine if you are trying to win ball games for the rest of the year. Yeah. It, and it hurts. You're right. I know. You're right. Hurts. No, no, it's not It's not that it hurts. It just it kind of hurts now that thinking like I really like Madrigal and Wisdom both, but it almost makes me wish we traded one or the other for like for a team that would be willing to give up some kind of pitching for just like a ready infielder. Like I just I, – I don't know. Like I don't know what team would have done it. But somebody would have suckered enough into wanting an everyday infielder that that could have given us some kind of a good pitching option. I just, I don't know if we were committing to if we were committing to buying, I would have liked to have seen one more pitcher. That's all I'm saying. And it could have this abundance, this plethora, this factory overload of infielders we have now that it's becoming a a problem that's too good to have basically, but also not could have could have been solved by uh, recent pitching woes also being solved. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. And frankly, I think the guy that probably should have gone is Wisdom. Yeah, he could I really, sure. He could really only play those two positions. Obviously, they'll stick him in right field or left field when the game's kind of a blowout or, or so. But, like, give you know who was a guy that can play basically every position on the field and was hot before he got sent back down? Miles Mastroboni. Like that's a I know we we made fun of him for so long on this no podcast. No room for him on this team. And, but he'd be a better option at this point as a utility guy and a guy with speed that could, you know, be a late uh pinch pinch runner guy at this point over Patrick Wisdom and it it hurts to see that cuz you're losing the power with Wisdom, but at this point are we really worried about power? Because really all the Cubbies are mashing at this point. Earlier in the season, I would have 100% agreed. It would have been tough to lose wisdom because you are losing that power bat. And he was really only – him and Christopher Morel were really the only guys that were slugging. But now you have Dansby hitting dingers. And I, we don't know if that's going to stay consistent or what. But you got Dansby hitting dingers and you got Cody 
And Jamir can obviously hit the ball out of the park. And Nico and Happer like to contribute to that sometimes as well. So at this point, it's just I don't know why Wisdom, there's just no role for him. And I think that circles back around to where we started. You think there was – they had to have shopped him. I mean, I was – I thought he was going to be a national. I thought for sure we got – the report came out that we got the Candyman and Wisdom wasn't in the lineup that day. I'm like, oh, nice. I mean, thanks for everything, Pat. But I, and, and that's not an insult. I like Patrick Wisdom. Don't get me wrong. He seems like a great guy. He's got great power. I just thought, you know, you have to give and take in that situation. But I was shocked that he was still on the team, and it was uh, it was just a prospect deal. And so I, – I'm sure they shopped him and they just didn't see a return that they thought was enough to still not just have him as a bench option. Cause he's good as a bench option, but if somebody would have offered them more than what the, I guess they got offered, I, I don't see why they didn't trade him. Right. And yeah, I, I think I've said everything I need to say, but you're, you're a hundred, you hit it on the nail. Cause it, at this point it feels like they're just trying to force him in the lineup. I've obviously hit a home run today, but it doesn't matter if he's striking out five times and he's hitting one homer every 10 at bats, I yeah. guess. I don't know. So we start a series here with this Cubs team, regardless of what that nine is for David Ross and the Cubs. We start a series against our old friends from the South side. And as I said, we'll get into this interview coming up next with Liam Lyons. But first, Ben, this is the start of an easy wedge of the schedule, as we've said to start this episode, I think two wins against the White Sox is not a hard ask. I think, go, no. I mean, at home against this White Sox team that has nothing going on, just lost three in a row to Milwaukee, do exactly what the Brewers did to them. If you're going to keep up with the Brewers, no reason to to lose either of these next two games. There's This is the Cubs' time. Pounce on the White Sox. It, regard, I don't care if it's the White Sox or if it's the Royals or anyone. Like, it's not about, oh, man, I can't wait to can't wait to beat the White Sox specifically. That's how it is for the team that's worse every year. That's how we were two years ago, and that's how the White Sox feel right now, fans for them. They feel like, oh, this is our playoff. Let's go beat the Cubs. Back when we thought, this is our playoff. Let's go beat the White Sox. No, I don't care if it's the White Sox. It's a crap team. Go win two games. Pr- prove that you should be in the playoffs. You got to. That, it, it's simple as that. And, you know, baseball is give or take, but you're you, you hit it on the head. You have yeah. to win two games against a team that just essentially did a fire sale and got swept by Milwaukee and is probably really down on themselves right now. So keep up with Milwaukee. Do what Milwaukee just did. Take two games away from the White Sox. Move forward. Do it against the Royals and so forth. Right. It's absolutely nothing personal against the White Sox. Honest to God. Like, it's just a bad team in a good stretch of the schedule where like, well, the next time we play the Brewers, we need to still be in fighting range or above them. Because if, I mean, that's something we didn't mention yet when we, when we started the episode with this, if we're somehow above Milwaukee, by the time we play them in two weeks, that's huge because every loss for the Brewers and every win for us then is an extra insurance run pillow against the Brewers. As we, as we continue to climb the standings, like if we are above the Brewers heading into that series and win two out of three or something like that, that's, a window that's a great spot to grow in the top of this division 100 percent, and it also means that you're pulling away from the team under you in cincinnati because as much as we are i think all of cubs nation is focused on milwaukee right now you still can't forget about what's in the rearview mirror and honestly mm-hmm. at this point i'm pretty sure they might even be in the same point of, yeah of depending us on standings. what happens with the reds in this double header I, I think it's like right like i said i think it's going to come down to I believe right about the time we played the Brewers, we're also playing the Reds and um, in early September. And there's a added game because the Reds have a, have a game on us right now. And it just all, it brings it all together to what we started the episode with, what we've been talking about for two weeks. This is a week schedule. I'm, there's no other way to put it. This is a week schedule. I told my dad today, the, the Cubs upcoming schedule. And he literally like, looked at me like with a shocked look on his face because he mm-hmm. didn't know this is what was coming up. This yes. is your time to make up ground on not only Milwaukee, but try and pull away from Cincinnati. And this is, this is where, and you know, people can make fun of us all they want. If, if the Cubs fans are celebrating that they won eight games in a row against a crappy team, I can care less. Like mm-hmm. this, this is your, this is your chance to prove that you pulled yourself here for a reason that you put yourself in this position where you're three and a half games under Milwaukee 
and you're right there with the Reds who were hot going into this. It's no secret that the Cubs, if they make the playoffs after running through the, you know, these weaker opponents, they're going to have to play in Atlanta Braves or something like that eventually. I mean, they'll have to run into somebody. But we won a series against the Braves. This team is not afraid of winning big games either. You have to – it's baseball. It's not football. It's baseball. You have to win good – you have to win the games you can win, but you also lose those games too, especially in the regular season. Like, I mean, you're losing two out of three to the Mets who just put on a fire sale. You can mm-hmm. very easily lose both of these two to the White Sox. That's how baseball works. But a playoff team needs to find a way to win two-thirds of the next two weeks of games against just some of the worst teams in the American League and then the Pittsburgh Pirates. Just just go win. Just get two, two out of every three. That's all I ask for. I'm not asking for sweeps. Sweeps would be great. Just two out of every three. You got about, what did I look up this morning, like 55 games left in the season or something like that. Give me two out of three. Get to like the 89 win point. And even if that's just barely scratches out of the playoffs, I stand up and applaud this Cubs team. Yeah. I'd be and- pissed, but 89 wins or above, and they are in the playoff picture even because they went two out of three with 50-some games left, I'm thrilled. Mm-hmm, 100%. And something that I think is important, obviously there's not a lot of game planning that goes into baseball, but when you if, if I'm Rossi and I'm those coaches right now, do what you just did two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago to the White Sox. Play your game, play the way that it should be, steal bases, play great defense because it had the White Sox like shook, honestly. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. They didn't know how to defend it. I mean, not even even literally just on defense. They couldn't do anything about it either side of the ball. And I think it's interesting that again today, the Cubs dropped one of their classic hype videos on Instagram and Twitter and everything, and it started again with that now famous quote by Jed in the post-deadline presser saying, it all flipped in that seven to two comeback against the White Sox. Yeah, it's st- great video, this, by the way. It was a great video. And this moment, what we're talking about right now, the Cubs being good enough to make it to playoffs, but they just have to start locking in. This is where that started. If the I honestly think if the Cubs wouldn't have done so well against that White Sox team as they did a couple weeks ago, we would not be in this position. We would be talking about Cody Bellinger hitting bombs for the Yankees right now. And I'm so glad we're not because yeah. the last time we played the White Sox, this season changed. And I hope it doesn't change now. Right. You got to keep keep playing your brand of baseball that we've been talking about for weeks. Keep do, playing fundamental baseball. And I think we will be talking very positively for the next two weeks about this team going into that Milwaukee series. Which, by the way, is that Milwaukee series, when does that start? Because if we can get an episode in right before that Milwaukee series, that would be we electric. Will. We will. It's it'll be how it shakes out if we keep recording. Is it a if is it is it a Tuesday ones like? If the, I, I'm if looking. Could, I, I'm kind of on the spot right here figuring this out. Let's see. It's um, a Monday start. Yeah, that's perfect. huge. Perfect. That's awesome. And it's it's two two plane trips away basically. There's a there's a homestand. There's another road trip, and then it's. I'm pretty sure they take the bus to. I think they take well, buses when they go to Milwaukee. I'm, I'm sure, but I'm I'm just kind of saying as a figure of speech. Oh, no, a I'm lot of local saying, teams. No, I'm not even yeah, you're staying. You, but I yeah. think that every time they've gone to Milwaukee, they always take buses. I feel like I just talked to my dad about this when we were in St. Louis for the Cubs and Cardinals. I, yeah, I feel like they have to bus to Milwaukee. I remember he was telling me that back in the day, at least with what he's heard, like for Milwaukee or the White Sox, they would offer a team bus, but they would say, if you want to get there yourself, do it. Just like you better be there. I doubt that's still how it is. Yeah. But I bet they fly to St. Louis, though. Just a little, like, just a little tiny, like, why not? They have stupid money, like, might as well. But right. I I don't know. They probably bust in Milwaukee. I feel like it would be almost like, like, it's not a, a little toy plane. It's a full charter airplane. Like, I can, I don't, I think it would be more worth more effort than it's worth to to fly to Milwaukee. I don't know. The answer's out there. Probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, but coming up on the 120 pod, we will have Liam Lyons. And Liam's a good friend of both of ours. A brother rice guy, as you'll hear about in our interview, and a true White Sox fan, which at this point, you're going to see who the true White Sox fans are as they stick through a really rough period of White Sox fandom. So coming up on the 120 pod, Liam Lyons and the Chicago White Sox. Go download pro sports fans. Yes, PSF, PSF, PSF. Welcome into the 120 podcast. Liam Lyons joining the show to talk to us about the Chicago White Sox. You know, from Brother Rice to now Illinois State University, here's a guy 
here, here's a guy who is really someone who has shown his colors as a broadcaster at just a young age. And we're thrilled to have Liam on the show as our resident Sox fan. We've talked a lot about the Sox fan over the months here, but we have never had a Sox expert. So Liam, welcome in. Thanks for having me guys. Glad to be here. So we know Liam through our time at WZND. Um, and so you might hear him this fall on some of those sports, but we want to talk here about major league baseball and the Cubs and the Sox as tonight, the Cubs and Sox, kick off a uh, uh, the the end of the Crosstown Cup, I should say. So it's not really a kickoff as much as it is kind of like the finale. Yeah, two games set at Wrigley Field. Hopefully that field is ready to go. Two concerts this past weekend, Bruce Springsteen and Pink. So, yeah, I'm fired up, and I I don't know if that's the if Liam thinks the same way, but, I mean, I he could take the floor on his White Sox. Uh, Mikey, if you have anything to add or ask him. We'll start with this. Liam, take us through – I know you're uh... – a a, a rice guy as so many of our friends of the pod are and what got you into the white Sox? i think should be my first way to look at it i mean aside from just being from the area uh so the thing that got me into the white Sox was it was like it was like a family thing like out of my entire both sides of my family only one person in my family is a cubs fan and he like has family from the north side so i that makes sense for him but for me like my grandpa was a big Sox guy like 2005 was obviously a big year for them. So, like, they all, they, their house growing up, they had, like, all the World Series stuff hanging up. And I just love, I grew, grew to love the team. It hasn't been easy being a Sox fan, but, like, it's a great team. I, I think they they can pull it together maybe in, like, the next five, ten years, but we'll see. <laughs> Who is your favorite White Sox player of your childhood? Who was your guy? Uh, my guy had to be Mark Burley. Um, I have the poster in my room back at home of uh, when he threw the perfect game. And then, uh, I think it was uh, the the robbed home run to save the perfect game. So that I have those two posters in my room. I would go him and or Paul Canerco is another great guy for me. When I do my Hawk Harrelson impression, I think it's almost always the end of Burley's perfect game. Alexi, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Just screaming, uh, just showing his fandom. And what's funny is I watched a, on Marquee the other day, I watched a Ron Santo documentary and that's how he was with the Cubs as well. Just a complete Homer and, Sometimes it's warranted and, and a special announcer. Sometimes it's charming. Otherwise it's annoying, but I think Hawk Harrelson had that, had that charm as well, but let's, let's talk about the white Sox in 2023. They are obviously at a crossroads as you as you said, a decade potentially of, of rebuild ahead of them, or as Rick Hahn and the white Sox want you to believe only a year where they'll be competing again. Yeah. I mean, he says we're going to compete in 2024, but we will be have traded like our entire pitching staff. Uh, most of the guys that are left on this team just don't care anymore. I mean, you saw the thing in the media the other day with Keenan Middleton and Lance Lynn saying how the organization's a joke. Um, it's not looking good for the White Sox. I don't think we'll be competing in 2024, but best case scenario, maybe by the time I graduate ISU, maybe I'll see a team in the playoffs <laughs> by my senior year of ISU, but we'll see. That was that was maybe something that I uh, – and Ben's got a question, but we'll we'll get to that in, in one sec. But I uh, that was something with my time at ISU that I – was wondering if the Cubs would see the playoffs because they they haven't yet. And I'm going to be a senior this year. So we'll see, we'll see if it works out. But Benjamin Hootie. Yeah. Uh, I got to ask, obviously got a lot of White Sox fans, all, all friends also being on the South side of Chicago, like yourself, Liam, but um, you know, everyone's got differing opinions on this retool and stuff. And obviously we'll get more into the players currently on the team, but Obviously, the trade deadline just passed. What What are your overall thoughts on the prospects that you were able to receive from the Angels, the Dodgers, and so forth? And do you think any of them can make an impact starting soon here? Well, I actually was looking over uh, – before we went on this, I was like just looking back at the trades because, I mean, the games haven't really been exciting, so I kind of wanted to see what prospects we're looking at. And every trade that we did was – I think we got something that was needed. I mean, like guys like Lancelin and Joe Kelly, obviously Middleton, they didn't want to be here anymore, so we did the right thing and stripping them off. The only trade I'm not happy with is the Jake Berger trade because that was a guy who, if you look at his story, he worked so hard to be where he was today, battled through so many injuries. Benetti, Jason Benetti, White Sox announcer, loves Berger. Everyone loved him, and now he's going to be a great player for the Marlins. And we got a guy for in return who is very raw. His only good thing is his, is his slider, and he's a lefty. We need more lefty arms in the pen, but, I mean, I don't think any of these prospects are going to be something to be too excited as of right now. Apart from that guy that we got from the Astros for uh, the Graveman trade, I looked Corey at his Lee. stats. Yeah, Corey Lee, he's actually looking pretty solid. I think that um, he can do something for us. I think he already is in the tr- double A, might be in triple A by next week. But um, I think that we just need to work on our farm system because our farm system is obviously one of the worst in baseball. 
So we, by doing these trades, we're actually just, I think, restructuring. And I don't like Rick Hahn at times, but I think that he's doing a great thing in getting these prospects. Obviously, mostly huge Cubs guy. People know that, but I also love, love keeping up with prospects. And as much as it stinks, even though I think every trade was like valid, like you said, like trading Lance Land, Joe Kelly, Giolito, obviously all guys on expiring contracts. But I think what the job that Rick Hahn was able to do with a lot of guys on expiring contract, I'm a big fan of that uh, catcher you guys got from the Angels. Um, forgot what his name is, but I know he's a, a younger guy and he's already in your top top 100 in baseball. And Corey Lee, that's a guy that, you know, he was a pretty high prospect for the Astros for a couple of years and never really got enough major league at that. So hopefully we could see the White Sox call. I think he'll, I think he'll end up making an impact for you guys by the end of the year. And hopefully that's the case because he's a guy with a lot of potential if he can put it together in the major leagues, putting together some at bats. Yeah, I definitely, sorry to cut you off, Mikey. I was just going to say, another thing I was going to say too is that uh, Sox were able to bring back another hometown guy that we drafted originally. I wouldn't say hometown, but we originally drafted Clay Thompson's brother. We brought him back in the Joe Kelly Lansland trade. And I know he's not as good as his, as his brother in the NBA, but Trace is a guy that I think can bring some spark to the team. He's fast. He's a little bit older than these prospects, but I think that it's cool to see a guy that we originally drafted back with the Sox. Liam, Liam, you can't say just Clay's brother. You have to say Cubs legend Trace Thompson. That's what we say. Oh, I on forgot this he was on the Cubs. I he was. He was, he was on. He was on a very eerily similar Cubs team in 2021 that uh, literally just needed bodies, and he ended up having a, a decent September. This White Sox team still has the the core. You know what I mean? Like the the Cubs, their thing was like throw it all away. I don't think Han and the White Sox are completely giving up on the Lubobs of the world or even the TAs. I think that there's something to be said for those players and. Um, unless it's as toxic of a locker room as, as Middleton and Lynn say, and maybe those guys want out next. So I, it'll be interesting, I think, Liam, and I'd love to hear your take on if those guys are part of this future after this retool. I think that um, it's going to be really weird going into this offseason because obviously our team's done unless like we, because AL Central obviously is one of the worst divisions of baseball, if not the worst, but unless we like play like uh, the best team in baseball for the next like rest of the season, I think this is over. We're going to have to go in with some uh, thoughts. Maybe are we going to buy? Are we going to sell? Um, I think Eloy and what I think Eloy, Vaughn, and Robert would be the guys that I would try to keep around because they're young. They all can hit. Eloy obviously can't feel as much as he used to because he's only injured if you breathe on him. I mean, he's he's a guy who can hit home runs like nothing. But I think that maybe T.A. Yaz is on expiring contract. Uh, Moncada's got the player option. I think it's time to get some of these older guys out of here. I would keep Anderson because I like Anderson, but after what happened in the Cleveland series, down goes Anderson. I don't know if he can be on this team anymore. He, that was pathetic to watch. It was, but I think that this team, what we need to do is just have a direction because I don't. Who knows if Pedro is going to be the manager after this year? He came in with such high hopes and high demand, and he's obviously not succeeding with this team. That's big. Yeah, I I don't know if uh, Griffal is going to be the manager anymore either. I mean, it's weird to say a. A first-year manager who who comes in after trying to clean up Larusa's mess is already on the chopping block. But it, yeah, it's a fair point, especially if it's a retool. I I don't think it's off to say that they would consider going another option. I don't think it'd be after one year. I bet they'll give him another yeah. year. But I think uh, I don't think his job is secure, especially after the next couple of years. That's for sure. Pedro Grafal, what's what's been your thoughts on him so far? I mean, coming into the year, he was telling everybody how he's just gonna dominate the central and win the division and for the first few weeks of the season it was like up and down but I don't like I I the only thing I will say I do like about him is consistency you want thing you saw the Larusa over the last like year or so with him is that every day be a new lineup it'd be somebody in a different spot every day with, yeah uh with Grafal unless there's injury pretty much the roster is the exact same every day apart from the pitching um, I don't like how he is putting guys who can't field in certain positions. Like we have Gavin Sheets still playing the outfield. We have uh, we put we'd have days where we'd have like Ramillard or the guy we just call up in, in that Seattle series playing third base when we have Moncada on the bench. Like inconsistency is something I don't like from him. He he's like Aaron Boone at times with the Yankees where he just argues for no reason and he gets kicked off, like get ejected for no reason. I think that he's a good manager at times, but my overall opinion is he should not be touching the White Sox after next year. Uh, you mentioned a guy in there, 
considering his injury past. I know Eloy's got the raw power, and when when the bat's hot, it's really hot, and he's been really good pretty much for a majority of the season when he's been on the field. But a guy that, you know, former number one prospect, I want to get your thoughts and your take on Yoan Mankata, the player, because it's obviously been a rough battle for him with injuries and inconsistencies and you know, the White Sox clearly want him on the field every day because they love the glove and they love the potential. But, you know, the guy that we thought was going to be one of the best players in baseball being a number one prospect, I don't think he's lived up to the hype. And I want to hear what your thoughts are on him moving forward. I think for Moncada, um, I've always thought that he's probably been one – ever since he joined the White Sox, he's been a great defender in the AL uh, defensive-wise. But offensive-wise, like you said, it's been a struggle with injuries. Um he had the lower back injury that's put him out for like the last like three or some months. He just came back a few weeks ago, but looking at his stats this year, I mean, he only has four homers on the year under 20 RBIs. Um, but he's a guy that um, is going to always give you what he's got. Um, I think that he obviously didn't live up to the hype as a lot of prospects do, and they don't really live up to what they're supposed to be. But I think that he's a guy that a team like, I don't know, I'm just going to throw a name out there. Like if the Padres wanted a guy, like I'm just saying the Padres because the Padres are always buying that's the kind of team that'd be like, oh, I see this guy. I see what he can do. Let's trade for him. And if Rick Hahn is smart, he'll take that offer and he'll make something out of it. Because Mankata has the expiring offer. I don't think we should re-sign him. He's not worth the re-sign. And I think that we can get something for him and, and let him go uh, succeed somewhere else. The White Sox, third to the bottom of that American League, pretty far out, almost a symmetrically identical record to the best team in the AL with the Orioles there, 47-72, though obviously lower than the Orioles 73 wins. Um, but this White Sox team is not in a position that we thought they'd be. I mean, I, as a Cubs fan, even I, I knew, and I thought that, yeah, TLR made a mess, but I thought Pedro could come in. Uh, Griffal preached that he was all about running out grounders and yeah, keeping a tight ship. And I, I think maybe it's not even all on Pedro. I think there's just things with these white young White Sox players that came up in a La Russa environment. I don't, I think there's, things that cannot be fixed with this team as of, as of right now. Um, and if there was a manager to, to completely rework that, I don't think Pedro Grafal was the best option. I agree hundred percent. I mean, Pedro, I mean, coming into, he was a bench, play, I mean, bench coach for the Kansas city Royals. And what my uncle always says to me is like, had it been when the Royals won the world series, I'd understand the hire because that's a great team right there. He was a lot of success, but the Royals have been a team that's been trying to find a name for themselves in the last like four or five years. Um, I think that if they fight a guy who's a bench coach for the Dodgers, it makes more sense. But I don't know. I just don't like Grafol as a manager, maybe as an assistant or a guy off the bench. But I don't understand the hire. I never understood the hire. That's a great point. And I didn't think about it like that. But you want to – I mean, if you're going to hire a first-time head coach coming from somebody else's camp, you want to find a team that's had success. When you're going to hire an assistant, I think there's a lot more to be said seeing their resume because the way I look at it is the White Sox over this window, whether or not they're still in it, if they're retooling, which I still believe in it a little bit, but over that window, they had the two playoff wins, one against Oakland and one against Houston, but neither series was one, but there was, I mean, I will say it. I'm a huge Cubs fan. I, I haven't grown up hating the White Sox. I have a lot of White Sox friends, but it seemed like energy was pretty great for like just a, a couple months there at the end of 2021. Like you said, with the blackout games and stuff, when the White Sox are good, just like when the Cubs are good, it is fun. People come out of the woodworks a little bit more than maybe the three of us, the Fairweather fans, and for better or worse, people get really excited. Yeah, and it's like a good thing for the whole city, not just for baseball. I mean, like, exactly. you bring, bring a lot of revenue, obviously, with ticket sales and everything, but, like, it's just cool to see people go support your team that you feel is doesn't always have, like, everyone's back. You know, I feel like the White Sox and the Cubs, whenever they're successful, have a great time with the city and everyone just, like, putting on their hats like we do right now and just enjoying the time. And you, you took the words right out of my mouth. Cause that was going to actually be my next question for you. Obviously when both teams are great, this city is so much fun. And I wish we were going into the finale of the crosstown classic with both teams being good, but obviously two teams going in different directions. We're a Cubs podcast. So I want to hear your outside thoughts on the Chicago Cubs this season, because obviously Every week, everyone that listens to this podcast hears me and Mikey's thoughts. I want to hear your thoughts on the Cubs being an outsider, being a crosstown rival. So let's hear it. Yeah. So um, 
I like to watch the Cubs when I can because, I mean, it's just cool to see, like, what the average Chicago team is up to. Like, I'm not a big Cub fan as you guys, but I thought that they did everything they needed to do in the offseason. I liked all their um, free agency signings, even though some are gone, like Mancini's gone now. Um, but, yeah, I liked uh, what they did. They uh, brought in guys that needed to hit, and they, like, it was kind of like a prove-it deal for a lot of these guys, like Bellinger. Um, were they going to keep Stroman from the midway point? Like, I, I noticed that um, – they really just all like came together as a team. Like they, um, their defense has been insane. They're um, the the guy they called up from a uh, Palant. What's his name? Talkman. Is that his last name? Mike Talkman. Yeah. Yeah. The Talkman. Yeah. He's insane. I love watching that guy play baseball. I mean, he's a from mm-hmm. Palatine and not only from that's from Palatine is that he's just a good player overall. And I watched the first Crosstown series and I was like, there's no way that we're going to let um, Dansby go and go for another home run. And he did. And this team, I got excited watching that team because it's how the White Sox should be playing. It's how we should have been playing the last three years. And I think they had the potential. To, I don't know if they're going to win the division because Milwaukee and Cincinnati are pretty hot, but that wild card could be theirs. I think they can make the playoffs and then they could be a sneaky team in the playoffs. That's the key, right? Like you, you snuck it in right there at the end. Like we got our flowers. It was like, wow, listen to this. Our friend, a White Sox fan telling us the Cubs are doing the right thing. And then you snuck in from an outsider perspective. They're great, but there's no chance they win the division because of the Brewers and Reds. And honestly, you might have a point because the Brewers are surprising me with how consistently they are still winning because, um, the, again, with the Cubs lost today, the Brewers still up another game on the Cubs. And the Cubs are just there with the Reds having played one less game. And the Reds and Cubs get their makeup game in a couple weeks. So, um Ben, you're you're wagging your finger, telling me here that you that you have a point. So I'll I'll leave I'll leave the floor to you. But it's making me a little nervous that as hot as the Cubs are, they still have to get through uh, those two teams. Ben, no, it's completely different. I'm a huge White Sox hater right now. Like over just this past weekend, <laughs> I ab- I absolutely hate you guys for not even taking one game this against true. Milwaukee. They had a lead. They like, had a lead against the Brewers. And two on, of them, on Friday. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I went to the game on Friday and I was there. Were you? And I was like, yeah. and I was like. Once I saw that Brian Shaw was warming up, I was like, no. And better and yet, bummer. And then I was like, God. Oh, and better yet, Jake Berger's the one who gets the walk off for the Marlins today to make the Cubs, yeah. to knock the Cubs out of the wild card spot too. So it's it's August, right? Like I'm not going to be on pins and needles. Oh, are we in the wild card spot today? Are we not? We just got to win more games than we lose. You know, two thirds of the remaining games, and I would be, I think, we'll be okay to fit into a wild card spot. That said, I think they're. Um, Rick Hahn knew exactly what he was doing, trading Jake Berger to the Marlins. Kidding. He didn't, he didn't think about the Cubs. I was just going to say, too, I mean, the thing that I thought was funny today, too, I was like, okay, we didn't win on Friday, didn't win Saturday, but Sunday we have, today we got Dylan Cease pitching. We got to at least give one the Cubs or the Reds or like whoever's trying to get that wild card. I mean, like we lose. Yeah. It was the worst baseball game I've probably watched in a while. Seven nothing. Well, I think that was the final. We might have lost by more, but I turned it off after seven because I saw, at home run by Carlos Santana that just went out of this park. And the, the Brewers actually, they added those guys that just need to hit Canha and um, Santana. They're both great players. Liam, do you think the Twins end up running away with the with the Central, the the meek, weak American League Central? I, I think so. I mean, there's no – obviously, there's no chance the Tigers, Royals, or Sox win it. But the Guardians, um, they've been kind of all over the place. They have uh, – I think Bieber's done for the year. Um but I think Minnesota is going to take that division. Joey Gallo is turning back into form, which is kind of scary for me because I've never really liked Joey Gallo apart from his uh, card in the show. But um, just like <laughs> seeing him hit those home runs against the, um, I think they're playing Angels. Philly. I remember they playing the other, Philly, Philly, yeah. His two homer game against Philly, I was like, this team might actually take run away with this division. Like there's no one that's going to stop them. All I got to say is the Twins will sneak, will, will win the division. And the Yankees will sneak back into that final wild card spot, and the Yankees are just going to sweep the Twins yet again. Yeah, yeah. like I'm, I'm, wait, I'm waiting to see it. <laughs> for I'm like, to see it. how many times has that happened? Now, I, obviously, like it happened before we were even watching baseball all the time. Like the Yankees just own the Twins in the postseason, but like, yeah, well, it's like a crazy stat. Like I can't, you probably know it off the top of your head, don't you? I, well, it's like their I rem- record. So I remember the wild card. Like since I've been watching baseball, they played in the wild card a couple of years ago. And I'm trying to think of some of those guys on that Twins team, but, you know, they were just hitting bombs off the Yankees to start the wild card game. And then the Yankees just crept back in, stole it right away from them. And then back COVID year, I don't know. It just rotates between Cleveland and Minnesota. Cleveland and Minnesota, thank you. Yeah, It just rotates between the two because they either either Cleveland or Minnesota won the division, then they'll play the Yankees in the wild card. The Yankees will just wipe the four of them. Yeah. It's insane. The record in the playoffs in history in total games – 
of 18 games, New York has beaten Minnesota 16 times. So the Twins have scratched two onto the wing column against the Bronx Bombers in playoff history. Before we let you go here, Liam, as we are going to round this one out pretty soon, I want to hear what you would want to see from Wrigley Field, uh, whether or not it's just one White Sox win or or another classic Jimenez home run if he's if he's playing. I don't even know if he's back, but if he's playing – um, what do, what do you, what do you want as a Sox fan this week in, in Wrigley Field? Well, if you asked me this question like a week ago, I was about to say, I want to see another William Hendricks save, but then I just found out the other day that you had Tommy John and he's not playing yeah. for two years, but, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> dab up right there, but I was just going to say like, um, uh, Wrigley Field, I, I went to there, I've been there a few times actually, and it's a great stadium, but I think the Sox, if they can come into this uh, environment, this very good Wrigley Field environment because the Cubs are hot right now and win at least one game. That's my World Series right there because I have not seen a playoff series win in my lifetime from the Sox, apart from almost winning those wild card series that we mentioned earlier. I want to see at least one win. Hopefully, Robert's back. I either want to see a Robert or an Eloy home run. They'll just see maybe TA it's a home run. Maybe it's a second home run of the year. But if the Cubs sweep us, it's not the end of the world. It's not like we're going to win anything, but at least one win. That's what I'm looking for. I totally feel that because that's exactly how I felt in that game I talked about two years ago. Uh, the Cubs and White Sox that you just you just want to rain in the parade like the parade's going to go no matter what without you like even if the Cubs lose two to the White Sox they're going to continue to try and win and compete but like it would be a a pretty shadowed part of of this parade if the if the Cubs fall to both and the White Sox in our own stadium so um, that's hopefully not what happens but I could I could totally see it happening especially with Jimenez who statistically is one of the best players ever at the plate against the Chicago Cubs. I was going to say last year when they played Wrigley Field, he had in a great series, and he always oh, had a great does. series against. Yeah, and it's like I don't know if it's like uh, like his like way of just saying I don't like the Cubs or something, but like it's just like against any division team, he doesn't play like this. And then the Cubs will come into town, or we'll go to Wrigley, and he'll just play insane. All right, Liam. Well, thank you for joining us in this edition of One Twenty. We're looking forward to some games tonight and tomorrow for the White Sox and the Cubs, and we will hope to have you on again. In just a couple of years when Rick Hound and the White Sox figure it out and we have a, a Crosstown World Series, it will happen someday. I don't know if I even want it to happen. It would be absolute chaos, but I promise you in our three's lifetimes, knock on wood, there will be a Crosstown World Series and it will be utter chaos. Yeah, I hope it happens one day. I mean, if not, I'll be maybe I'll be a grandpa and we'll finally win a World Series or something. But like, um, it's 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 gonna get there eventually. Like that's, that's like how I'm hoping for like the Bulls or the Blackhawks. Like we're gonna get there eventually. But um, yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, even if the Cubs don't win this series, we can luck with the rest of the year. I know they'll hopefully clinch that wild card spot if the Marlins and Reds stay away. But yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Big thanks to Liam Lyons as we end up this episode here. I'm Mikey Fernelli alongside Benjamin Hootie. Go Cubs. Let's go beat the White Sox twice this week. PSF, 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 PSF. Go download Pro Sports fans and go Cubs.